so I guess you could still hear me. You want to raise the hands, but so let me let me see where my people's at for the late risers. If raise your hand if you like getting up later. Okay, yeah, somebody's putting up two hands right now. Yeah, so you're awake this early. So, but yeah, you're the you're the people that that maybe look at me and go, James, sometimes I feel like you're a hypocrite because you tell me Sunday is the day of Sabbath and a day of rest, yet you have me get up at 9.30 for Sunday school and 10.30 for, for church. But you know, but you know like it's, it's one of those things that you love to sleep in. How about, how about, where's my people at that like a hot breakfast, hot meal in the morning, okay? You're my, you're my crowd that just loves, loves, Hot food, maybe it's eggs, bacon and sausage, maybe a biscuit. Any, uh, anybody have um, biscuits and gravy this morning? Biscuits and gravy? Oh, man, where my people? I mean, that's what I, I mean, it's absolutely delicious. How about my cold breakfast people? Are you in here? Cold breakfast. Who, who would just love to wake up and just have a cold bowl of cereal? Just like, just go straight for the cereal. Yeah, me and you right there. Peanut butter, Captain Crunch. And so, but we all have different different flavors and different, different things like that. How about this? How many, how many people are here, where's my people here that believe we need more Jesus? And I don't just mean just in our lives, but we need more Jesus in our family, in our, in our schools, in our workplace, in our, in our community, in our nation. Where's my people like that? We, we need more Jesus, okay? How about this? Where's my people out? Who's my cows out there? Anybody... Anybody like a cow? How about this? Anyone like a buffalo? Well, we'll get back to that soon. If you guys have your Bibles, we're going to be in Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, we're going to be starting in verse 1. If you're unfamiliar with, um, with Jewish customs, well, let me first begin with saying that uh, Acts is, is written by, by Luke but if you are unfamiliar with Jewish customs, I, we're, we're about to jump into is the day of Pentecost. Now you need to understand that Pentecost is exactly 50 days after the Passover. If you are unfamiliar with the Passover, the Passover is when all the way back in Egypt, when, um, when God actually was doing the 10 plagues, that the 10th one is that he told them to take a, a lamb, a sacrificial lamb, and you had to, after sacrifice, after it stayed with you for a week, you sacrificed, you put the blood on the posts, and that blood is that 10th plague is when the, the spirit of death went by, that, saying that God can even protect us even from death. That as it passes by that, that we can even be saved. And it's a sacrificial lamb. And so there was prophecies that not just that foreshadowed Christ, but there's even prophecies that led to Passover throughout Scripture, like that on the Passover, that the Messiah would come riding in on a donkey. And so when we celebrate and we talk about Passover, there's also Jesus comes running, riding in on a donkey. And so, but it, it's, it happens, Pentecost, which we're going to discuss more today, is 50 days after Passover. And the reason why is Passover is actually known for the first sheaf of barley was presented to God. And so that first sheaf was presented, but Pentecost is when the first fruit from that harvest was pre presented to God. And so you need to understand that Pentecost is actually known for the day of first fruit. And so we begin here in Acts chapter 1. When everyone is kind of gathering. And so you got to understand that Jesus has actually died. 
Because remember, he came for Passover. He was the sacrificial lamb. And he died for you and me and for our sins. But he didn't stay dead. He actually rose from the dead. And actually, he then stayed with his disciples and taught. He revealed to many people that even though he died, he rose from the dead and he still taught them. And then he rose up in a cloud saying, hey, wait for this gift for you. Let's wait for this gift. And he went up to heaven to prepare a place for those who believe. And so we're going to be taken off here where the disciples are gathered around. And maybe one more thing of note of Pentecost is, again, this is celebrating the first fruits. This is kind of the Thanksgiving of the Jewish holidays. This was all about getting together with family and food. So you got to understand, a lot of people gather at this time, come back to family, come back to Jerusalem, and come back to eat and to fellowship. And so here we are in Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came... They were all together in one place. They were all together in one place. Verse 2. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled. Can you guys say that with me? Filled. Filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw and what seemed to be like tongues of fire that separated and came down and rest on on each of them. And all of them were filled. Say filled with me. Filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Say after, say enabled. Enabled. So. As we are going to be studying this entire chapter, I do want to stress there is a few words that I believe God wants to speak into you today. Now, the whole passage is important, and I encourage you to continue to read through and study it throughout this week. But we're going to read through the whole passage. But there's a few key verses and key few words right here that I believe God wants me to share with you this morning. In the first one, it says that they were all together and they were filled. But to be filled... To be filled, what does that mean that we have to be to be filled? We need to be empty, right? The truth is, is I remember when I was 15 years old. I remember when I was 15 years old and I was in the youth group. My mom was the children's director. And I'll be honest with you that even though I was in the youth group, I was old enough, I was supposed to sit in service. I looked for any opportunity I could work in the kids' department so I could go back there and eat goldfish on Sundays. Because they had goldfish. It's delicious. But I remember one Sunday, I didn't get to work it out. I'm sitting in service, and I remember, man, just thinking of all the stuff I had to do that week with sports, school, friends, all kinds of stuff. And I remember listening for five minutes. Like, it was just like he got me that five minutes as I was a 15-year-old, can give that attention, had me for five minutes. And you know what? I wanted to be a part of that. I want to be a part of what God is doing in, in, in me, I want to be what God's doing in our church and around us. And I got hyped up, kind of like in a sports team. You think of a locker room right before going out to a game. Like, I'm like, God, let's go. Let's do this. Like, I'm ready. And I remember praying that, that Sunday, saying, God, whatever you want to do this week, wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to do, whatever you want me to say, we're going to do it this week. I remember Wednesday. Wednesday night, a girl came up to me in the youth group And she shared with me that 
She was cutting herself. I remember going, whoa. Uh, I don't know what to say. I, uh, um, I just remember going, I wish I could tell you that 15-year-old James would just wrap my arms around for the forgiveness of your sins. There's hope. When they say, what must we do? We have hope. And he says, we can repent. Repent means that we understand that we have sinned against God and we ask God for Receive the Holy Spirit. With many other words, he warned them and pleaded and pleaded with them, um, uh, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and 3,000 were added to their numbers that day. That is the first church when the 3,000 added to their numbers today. And many people would say, man, that is a great ending. That is phenomenal that 3,000 heard and gave their lives. But that didn't end the day of Pentecost. This is chapter 2. It doesn't end just there. Verse 42. It says they devoted themselves. Say devoted. Devoted. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings. To fellowship. And to breaking of bread. And to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe 
and many wonders and the signs performed by the apostles, all of the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had a need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily to those being saved. If it was just 12 men who emptied themselves to be willing to receive the Holy Spirit, and when the Holy Spirit enabled them, they obeyed God, guess what happened? 3,000 were saved. That's about 10 times what our church can hold. If all of us were willing to receive the Holy Spirit, what do you think God would do? Don't worry, it wouldn't be a bigger church. We just do 10 services. We make it happen. For those that want to meet early, those who want to meet late, we work it out. Ten, it says 3,000 were saved. But you know what's crazy to me? Is that last part. Their lives radically changed. So understand this. If we're willing to receive the Holy Spirit and it enables you, we're going to see radical change, not just in our lives, but in those around us. As I told you, is known as the first fruits. And how does that apply to us today, James? What if we looked at this summer? I know this is the first week going into summer. Most schools ended, and whether you have kids who you're empty nesters, or or or, but you know, usually uh, as summer begins now. What would be the first fruit you would give God? I absolutely love that when the 3,000 came together, all they did was this. This is, this is um, Acts chapter 2, verse 42. It says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and prayer. Devoted. Devoted is most commonly used in marriage that I am devoted to my wife and my wife is devoted to me. Devotion is as if you emptied your cup and continue to be filling your cup with that. That it says that these 3,000 devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings, learning about Jesus. They devoted themselves to eat together, to spend time together. They devoted themselves to pray. If you're looking for a goal this summer, not just to, I hope you have a wonderful, restful summer. I hope, I hope that you enjoy your summer. But if you would like to grow spiritually, if you would like a challenge for the summer, then I, I say live out Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Devote yourselves to the teaching of Jesus. Next week, what if we plan that next week that that we come together, that we intentionally plan to eat with someone from here. That you, you find time to meet with someone. And like I said, maybe if Sunday doesn't work with you next week, that it's finding a time. But I'll tell you what, that it's easy to fill our time, right? To fill up next week before we even know it. But what if before we left here today that we said, hey, why don't we continue the Church of Acts? That even say, we don't leave here without finding someone that we're going to meet with and, and spend time with next week. That we're going to eat together, fellowship together. Pray together. We would be living out Acts 42 today. 
I learned some interesting facts about cows. One of them is they say they can smell up to six miles. I, it's hard for me to believe that fact because I feel like that's something like dogs can do. But maybe what they can smell up to six miles, they can tell when a storm's coming. It's something about animals. They always kind of know, they're first to know that some, you know, the weather changes or something like that, that animals are like the first to know. But even though cows and buffaloes are very similar, they act very differently with storms. Actually, a cow, when they see a storm, they do one of two things. They do one, they either lay down. Or most likely, they, if they have an opportunity, they can run away, they run away. Usually they lay down if they're in a field, they know they're in a pen, they don't go. But if they have a chance to run away, that usually cows run away from the storm. And if we're being realistic, they stay in the storm longer. They suffer more. Buffaloes, as a herd, when they see a storm coming, they bundle up and they run towards the storm. They run through the storm together. Now, we could take this illustration many ways, but I wanted to stress with you, there's been many times in James's life, especially at 15, where he was a cow, that even though I wanted to do the things of God, things scared me. When that girl shared with me that she cut herself, that was messy, that was scary. When we want to share Christ in other people's lives, sometimes their life is in brokenness and it's scary and messy. But can I tell you, even though I've been preparing this message and I was even sharing with Tara last night, I I wanted to share this story, but I've been trying to think of a buffalo story. This morning, we went... We went to go feed the homeless again, not just physically, but spiritually, to pray with them. Met a young man named Cornelius. I'd say he's in his 20s. And you can tell he was having a rough time. He told me how he's made a lot of bad decisions, and honestly, he's also not just had jobs, but he's now losing them. He doesn't have a place to stay. And he told me this morning that he was thinking about ending his life. That's messy. But can I tell you, five months ago, God laid down my heart. I didn't know where or why, but God said, I want you to start working with the homeless. I was emptying myself. I said, God, whatever you want to do. And I was thinking stuff for teens or things for our church. And God was saying, no, I'm thinking Birmingham. I'm thinking inner city. And God started opening doors. And I just wanted to be faithful. And, I, and, and many of you have given or helped out in being a part of that. And can I tell you today, when someone shared with me that they had no hope that I got to share with him that we do have hope today. I got to share with him that that is a lie, that it's better to be dead than alive, even though it's painful. Yes, we live in a broken world that, yes, just as the girl when I was 15 was having a hard time in life, guess what? We still have a broken world today. 
Even though people have more things, depression is on a rise. We still live in a broken world, but you know what? That I got to share with him that not just that that is a lie, but he is not alone, that he is love, that there is hope in Christ. That God created him to give him life. That I got to share with him that there was times in my moments where I've lost everything. And yet, when I humbled, when I, when I got to that point to where I hit rock bottom, I found out that rock was Jesus. And how I've built my foundation on that rock and how God, any good he sees in me now is God. How I'm blessed today because of what God has done in my life. That I, I know that he saved me. If you don't mind jumping back to verse 39. This is Acts chapter 2, verse 39. It says, The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off. For all of whom the Lord our God will call. Whether it's the title of pastor or anyone who chooses to follow Jesus is a calling. It might not be a calling to fame, but it's a calling of obedience. It's willing to trust God, to be sensitive to the Spirit, and allow the Spirit to enable you. And even if we stopped the, the, the ministry today, I know that God, just even with the message as I was playing this morning, that God put Cornelius in my life, that, that all that God laid in my heart was just even though back then when I was a cow, that now today I was a buffalo. It's the mindset of not turning away from the storm, but hearing God's word and applying it to our lives, to living it out. And so this morning, can I tell you, grace be to God, that he got to hear life, that I got to encourage, that, that I know he's going to be going to that service there at Reconcile, that, that I got to encourage him the way that, that God has, has changed my life. Can I tell you that just on the day of Pentecost, there was 3,000 people around them that heard when 12 people received Christ. I believe that people are going to see and hear a difference if everyone today, just on the day of Pentecost, the same day that we too empty ourselves and willing to receive. But let me tell you, if you choose to receive, it's going to empower you. And when it empowers you, that if you choose to continue to obey, I'll tell you what, God's going to radically transform. And it's going to be amazing. This morning... We're going to end commonly as Pastor John does. I'm going to ask if Randy would come up here to the right, that if anybody, if anyone here this morning that has anything to repent, has anything they're going to, I, I want you to know that it's your prayer, not Randy's. That if there's something on your heart, but I want you to know that we don't stand alone. We stand together. I want you to know that Randy will be down here, be more willing to talk to you and pray with you. That if you need to repent, you want to talk about baptism or if, that, if you want to receive the Holy Spirit, I want you to know this morning there's an opportunity that if you want to empty yourself, receive it. I'll tell you what, God's going to move and empower you. I'm going to come down to this altar. If anybody needs healing, physically, emotionally, whether relationship, no matter what the healing may be, we believe in the power of prayer and that God heals. 
And I want you to know today that we believe that God says that by the elders in the church that you'll be anointed and that God um, hears our prayers and answers. And I want to leave these two altars open for anyone here that, that maybe, maybe right now you're realizing there's some stuff that you've been filling your cup with. And maybe after hearing the message today that just like the day of Pentecost, we want to move in a mighty way. That maybe you're saying, I'm going to move all that. I want to be filled. And you are to the point of where you say, God, I want to be empowered. And you want to offer yourself out of obedience to God. I encourage you to come down and offer whatever God lays on your heart. Maybe, you know what, it says the disciples were patient 10 days for, for the gift to come. That I can tell you this right now, we've been doing this ministry for five months, and I praise God for the opportunity that he gave today. I know God's been using us, but today God answered, again, a huge prayer. But I want to encourage you that maybe it's coming just being willing to be obedient to whatever God calls you. But I stress to you, if you are wanting to come down here, if you want to, I encourage you to tap someone on the shoulder on your way down. Maybe ask someone to come down and to pray with you for that. That just as I said, nowhere in here has it taught us that we stand alone. But together, and the Holy Spirit unifies us. And so tonight, or tonight, this morning, I invite you at this time to come down and to pray. After the angel spoke to Mary about having the child of God, Jesus, it says that she wrote everything on her heart. As we end this morning, I encourage you that as I read this, this is Acts chapter 2, verse 42. I encourage you to write this on your heart and meditate as we leave this morning. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings into fellowship, into breaking of bread, into prayer. I encourage you to go out to do likewise in the name of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that, God, that you are so much greater than our circumstances, that, God, that even in this broken world, that, God, that you bring hope and peace Lord, I especially lift up this young man, Cornelius, right now, that God, you know his heart and circumstances, and that God, that even with all the brokenness and the, that Lord, even the believing the lie that it'd be easier to end his life than to have the pain of this world. But God, you sent your son so that we may be free. And God, and Cornelius is not the only one in pain right now. 
that God, that we have an entire community, that there is people in our homes, people in our works, people in our school, in our community, that God are broken and lost. But God, as we read, that 12 men just opening their hearts, emptying themselves to receive your spirit, that God, that you empowered them and through that radically changed lives. And so God, I pray anyone here this morning that desires that, that God, to put away all distractions, just to empty themselves, that God, that even though it's okay to to have plans and to do other things, but God, that you be the first fruit, that you be filling us first. That God, that you lead us and empower us. And so God, I pray that we go as a church, that even though we might step off this campus, that God, we step with you and step with the spirit and that know that we stand together, that whether it be at our work, whether it be at the schools or our homes, that wherever it may be, even in Walmart, that God, where we stand, that God, we can stand for your truth and your hope, even in this broken world. And so God, I pray that may we be your light and hands and feet, that just like the disciples in the church, may we continue out to live out the book of Acts today. Lord, I pray that may you write it on our hearts that, God, we devote ourselves to you this week, this weeks to come, that we study together. That, God, that we devote ourselves to fellowship, to encouraging and equipping each other. That, God, I, I pray that, Lord, that, that we encourage that, God, eating together. As a family comes together, they eat together. That, God, may we be your church, your family. And, God, most of all, God, may we continue to be praying for each other. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Love you. Thank you. Hope you have a wonderful Memorial weekend. Have a good day.